Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Excited to share God's word with you all today. And uh, before I go on, I just want to give a little bit of an introduction, which is that uh, at the start of this year, uh, the Lord has been giving me some messages uh, to kind of like bring us as a church and as a community of faith uh, back into understanding the heart of why we do certain things. And earlier on, we talked about church and we talked about, you know, uh, the message was called the, the pros and cons of church, but it was really talking about the heart of church and God's heart for His church and, and why we exist and why it's so important for us to, to gather, amen, and for us to be rooted. Then we talked about purpose and uh, the heart of, of God and, 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 and what He desires for our lives and how we have been invited to play a small part in God's big picture. I want to continue us in this uh, examination of the heart uh, by talking to us about evangelism today. Uh, and so I want to help us get back into the heart of uh, evangelism. And, you know, before I go on and give you the title of my message today, uh, would you join me to pray and commit the preaching of God's Word uh, into His hands? Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you uh, that you love us. Us. We thank you that you desire us to know you. Thank you, Lord, that you want to involve us in your plans and your purposes. Thank you, Lord, um, that you are so inclusive. And so, God, even right now, as we want to uh, re-examine, you know, what it means to, to tell people about you, God, we pray uh, that we will learn from your word. Today, we don't just want a human idea, we want your idea. So, as we are about to read scripture, we invite every word, every letter to jump out of the pages we're reading it from and straight into our hearts. God, we pray. Lord, today we are not here for more information, but Lord, we desire transformation. Help us to be shaped by your word. Change us from the inside out so that we become more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you're taking down notes, um, today's message is titled, Called to Love called to love. Amen. And in a while, we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 9, verse 9 to 13. Uh, but why called to love? Uh, because the truth is, you know, uh, well, b before I go into the, the reason behind that, uh, let's be honest a little bit. Amen. Church is a place where we can be real and be honest with each other. Uh, how many of you here, if you're a Christian, uh, the word evangelism kind of like terrifies you? Amen. Yeah. yeah don't be shy, right? Uh, uh, it, it's probably like the, the other thing that you hope your pastor never checks on you about after quiet time, right? Like whenever you, if anyone sees me, I know the last thing they want me to ask them is like, how's your quiet time? How's your walk with Jesus? Jesus. And then, you know, the second thing is probably like, oh, have you, are you, have you been trying to reach your friends, so on and so forth. Uh, and I just want to help us to, to dispel any fear. How many know that God does not operate by fear? God doesn't force us. God doesn't pressure us. And the same way, uh, evangelism, just basically this Christian word, uh, which means to tell people about Jesus. In fact, evangelism uh, in the original Greek means to bring good news. 
it's to bring good news. So God's original plan was never for it to be something that uh, we feel nervous about doing. It's not something that we feel that we should be guilt-tripped into doing. No, it's it's meant to be good news and the sharing of good news. Uh, Evangelism, I believe God desires for us uh, to to evangelize as, as organically as how we would share the good news of the best place to have pasta in London, for example. You know, uh, I'm sure all of us here, you have your favorite Italian joint. And I'm sure if somebody would ask you, hey, you know, do you have a, a recommendation on, on, on where you think is the best Italian food? I'm sure nobody here will immediately go like, uh, you know, none of us will suddenly go nervous. None of us will suddenly have a mental breakdown. Uh, none of us will suddenly try to change the topic. Uh, but we will organic naturally tell them your favorite place and then you begin to take out pictures you begin to tell them you know where it is and so on and so forth and it's the same as maybe your favorite movie and, and let's say you went to watch a movie and then you really enjoyed it and, and, and when you come out you know you, you, you're not shy about telling people hey you should watch this you need to check it out you know whether go watch it in cinema or, or, or get it when it comes out on streaming but, but you need to watch this latest thing on Netflix. We gotta you know, go to the cinemas and, and catch Spider Man or something like that. And it comes out so organically. And I really believe that God wants us to, to be able to talk to people about our faith and talk to people about Jesus as organically as that. Amen. And then there's so much for us, so much good news for us to share because truly, you know, Christianity, I, I believe, is not boring. Christianity is full of life. Jesus is full of life. Amen. It is good news upon good news. You know, we we are, for example, you know, when we share about Jesus, we're essentially telling people that, hey, there is a God. And the good news is this, that God is not angry at you. There is a God, and the good news is this, He loves you. There is a God, and the good news is this, you can reach Him. Amen? And and being a Christian, the good news is this, that, that we have the blessing of God. Amen. We, we can walk around knowing that we are blessed, not cursed. Amen. We can walk around knowing that we have been forgiven by God. That's good news. Amen. You know, we, we can walk around with our head held high because we know that God has enabled us to live victoriously. Amen. That we don't need to be stuck uh, or, and, and be continue to be dragged down by our old addictions and our old problems and that there is victory in Jesus. There's freedom from addictions in Jesus. There's hope for the future in Jesus. There's healing in Jesus. And everyone who believes say, Amen. There's joy. There's future good news, friends. And maybe before we even talk about how to share, maybe for some of us here, this is a word. How many know that God's word is always double-edged? Amen. It's not just to instruct us, but it's also to remind us. And maybe this is a reminder that, friends, you know, maybe you need to remember again what a joy it is, what a privilege it is, what a blessing it is to be able to walk with God. Not just walk after God, but walk with with God. That this is the God that we know in our songs that we, we sung and even in our theme for our conference where we will be looking into the book of Daniel where, where, where God was in the fire with His people. 
And truly no other God uh, no, is like that, who, who walks, not just walks us out of our suffering, but walks into our suffering and then walks us out of our suffering. Amen? If that's not good news, I don't know what is. And so friends, you know, I want to help us to come back to that place again. And, and the reason why I titled today's message, Called to Love, is because it always starts with an invitation. You know, a lot of us here, maybe you're already a Christian, and maybe some of you actually even remember when you were baptized, praise God, and then maybe some of you even remember when you, when you gave your life to Jesus. But I can tell you, friends, that even if you gave your life to Jesus, it started with an invitation. It started with a call. It started with, I don't know, for some of us here, you go like, oh, you know, I was blessed with a very good upbringing. I came to know Jesus as a small kid in Sunday school. Praise God. But there was someone who invited you to Sunday school. There was someone, maybe invitation wasn't, wasn't what you experienced. You, maybe you felt like you were dragged to Sunday school. But there was someone who, 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 who called you and invited you to say, hey, come join us. Someone who told your parents, hey, come and join us, you know. And there may be people seated here. Even if some of us here, you, you found Jesus by, by your time worshipping with us. Praise God. Even then, you were invited by someone. Amen? You know, somebody, a friend, an old friend suddenly popped out on Facebook and then there was that text message that was that call, that was that, that I don't know, that, that, that nudging, that was that encouragement to say, hey, come. And so, essentially, what we need to look at you know, evangelism is, is not ask, it's not God asking us to go out and, and just to tell people about Him. It, it's not marketing. It's partnering. Because even in that call, there was God in it. Right? Those of us here who today, you're walking with Jesus and you look back at that friend who invited you to church, that friend who shared the gospel with you and you realize that, yeah, you made a decision to follow and, but your friend also reached out to you. But now when you look back, you realize truly, truly, it wasn't just your friend. It was your friend partnering with the Holy Spirit. Amen? It was your auntie partnering with the Holy Spirit, saying that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you to church. It was your, your friend partnering with the Holy Spirit, sending you that text. Maybe some of you in your phone, you still have that text message, that time where somebody invited you to church, and in that text message, wasn't just your friends, uh, no text, it was also the Holy Spirit imbued into that. Amen. Isn't that so precious? And so hopefully this also takes some pressure off. If there's anyone here today who go like, oh, pastor, you're telling us about evangelism. No, no, no. I'm reminding you that it's truly a privilege because every time God prompts us to invite someone, God prompts us to start a conversation, it's also God partnering with us. It's God partnering with us. And that is a beautiful, beautiful, you know, experience. Amen? And so today, I want to help us to re-look at what it means to, to, to share the good news by looking at how Jesus did it. Amen? And, and I'm going to give us, you know, uh, um, the, the, the three points up front. Is that okay? So that you can help me to preach effectively today. And then we're going to examine the three points. Right? It starts with a call. And that call leads to a response. And that response leads to a relationship. And that relationship leads to repentance. 
Amen? I want you to remember that. A response leads to a relationship. A relationship leads to repentance. Never think for a while that, that we need to change ourselves before we can draw near to God. Amen? We, as, as, as Christians, we notice that we are not saved by our good works. We are saved by the grace of God. You know, many times we think that we need to repent before we can have a relationship with God. And when we have a relationship with God, then He will respond to us. No, friends, it's actually the other way around. But don't take my word for it. Let's turn to Scripture. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9 to 13. Matthew 9, verse 9 to 13, we're going to be looking at, you know, Jesus' action, Jesus' teaching, and, and we're going to be, you know, wanting to dissect that be inspired by that. And I hope that maybe some of us here, uh, a friend invited you this morning, and uh, you know, maybe your friends are going like, oh, Pastor, what are you talking about this? Hey, you know, uh, telling people about Jesus is, is nothing to be ashamed of. It's, it's part of our Christian faith. It's part of it. And I hope that even as you're breaking it down today, uh, those of you who have been invited today, you can be reassured that nobody here is trying to brainwash you. Nobody here is trying to pressure you. Nobody here is trying to sell you something or get you or, or anything like that. Uh, and, but you will start seeing that this is an invitation, not just from your friend, but from God as well. And I pray that for our friends who don't know Jesus yet, you will see this as an invitation. And I hope that at the end of our short talk here, you will respond. And, but for some of us here who already know this, you've already been invited, you've already said yes uh, to God, I hope that this will become an inspiration for you to now go out and see it as a privilege, a joy, a blessing to tell people about our one true King. Amen? If you're there, Matthew chapter 9, uh, can I hear a good amen? Amen. And thank you, XTV, for flashing up. Let's read God's Word together. As Jesus passed on from there, He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and He said to him, follow me. And so He arose and followed him. So there was a call, there was an invitation, and then there was a response. You see that? He arose. What was His response? He arose and followed him. Now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? So you see here that, that Jesus wasn't saying that, hey, follow a set of rules. Hey, follow this idea of religion. Hey, follow, you know, this tradition. No, it says, follow me. Eat with me. Hang out with me. It's a relationship. Amen? And then let's read on. When Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Amen? You know, God didn't come uh, for the healthy. He came for those that are sick and vulnerable. And, and He calls us to repentance. And then we'll go into that bit by bit. But let's start with the first point first. Amen? Like I said, evangelism is partnering with God to call, to invite. And so the first point, if you're taking our notes, write this down. Point number one, evangelism is inviting people to respond. Jesus invited Matthew to respond. Follow me. 
it, was a, it wasn't a deep theological argument. He didn't go up to Matthew and say, Matthew, who do you think God is? He didn't go to Matthew, do you know the meaning of life? No, he went up, Matthew, follow me. And the beautiful thing about this is that Matthew wasn't the only one, nor was he the first one that Jesus invited to follow him. And there were also people who decided not to follow Jesus, like the rich young ruler who had too much to give up. And Jesus says, sell all you have and follow me. And he couldn't because he had a lot of possessions. And so God operates like this. He says, he, he's just giving out invitations and giving people opportunity to respond to Him. And so if you're sitting here today, you're, you're not yet a, a, a Christian, do you know what's the best way is, is to respond? Because like I said, when, when, you, when you respond, it, it brings you into a deeper relationship. Nobody ever learned anything from, from hardening their hearts and folding their arms, right? Have, have you ever learned anything from that? You know, it, it, it applies to anything. You have, a new, you, you have a new job, first day, you want to get fired quick, first day on the job, you know, your supervisor's trying to tell you how your new you know, office works. No, just, just fold your arms and, and give a negative response. I guarantee you, you will be employee of the month. No, I'm just joking, you won't. You know? Because it's a response. And, and so, maybe for some of us here, why is God, been inviting you to. Even for some of us here who, you know, you don't know Jesus yet, but I believe that God is already at work in your life. And the question is, how have you been responding? It is impossible that God has not been speaking. It is impossible, amen, uh, that, that, that God has not been tugging in your heart. The, the Psalms say that even nature itself you know, sings of God's glory. And so a lot of us here, you know, you, you might be thinking, ah, I'm not sure about, but because my friend invited me, I'll, I'll go check out this church. But I guarantee you it wasn't just your friend. It must also have been how your friend has, you know, interacted with you. And you must have tasted kindness. You must have tasted friendship. And all that, friends, I'm here to tell you, is not just your friend. It is God inviting you to respond. Amen? And, and, and for some of us here who you are already a Christian, maybe this is something that we need to uh, learn from Jesus. When was the last time you gave the people around you an opportunity to respond to God? And I'm not talking about, hey, would you like to say the prayer? Say the prayer. No, I'm not talking about saying the prayer. I'm, I'm talking about, what was the last time you offered prayer? Not say the prayer, but prayer. What was the last time, instead of just listening to your friends complain about like, oh, you know, I'm going through such a hard time and job, you know, it's, oh, you know the missus is just a whole, you know, ball and chain, ball and chain. And a lot of us, when we hear people talk about that, we just go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or maybe we need to be like Jesus, who just simply gave people an invitation to come along on this journey of God. And sometimes coming along on that journey of God starts with, hey, cool, can I, can I pray for you? And just leave it at their courts. Amen? Jesus went around, hey, follow me, follow me, follow me. Some people say yes, some people say no. But Jesus kept going around, giving people an opportunity to respond. 
a lot of us here, you know, prayer is this beautiful gift from God. Why don't we share it? Why don't we invite people to respond to God? Maybe the next time you hear a problem, say, hey, is it okay if I pray for that problem? And, and if, if you don't have the courage, if the Holy Spirit doesn't prompt you to pray on the spot for that person, don't worry about it. But as long as you remember to pray for your friend. Amen? But don't just listen and go like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, interesting, okay, you know, back to work. No, come on, give people an opportunity to respond. Tell them, you know, invite them. Hey, would you, actually, I, I go to church. You know, how was your weekend? Monday conversation. All right, how was your weekend? Oh, it's good. Yeah, I went to the Lake District. Oh, I went shopping. Oh, watch a match. Oh, watch a movie. Oh, nothing. I stay at home, Netflix and chill. Instead of just giving people the polite answer, why do you say, oh, I went to church. Hey, by the way, would you be interested to come along with me? It's really awesome. What's the worst I can do? Say no? Fine. It's okay. It's just an invitation. Amen? And then the next time, but keep, keep, you know, it's just because people say no. You know, even in saying no, that's a response. Do you know that God can also work with that response? How many of us here started by saying no to God? And how many of us here are now saying yes to God? Amen? And so, but, but if we don't offer anything, how will people respond? Amen? So point number one is this. Let's understand that, that it's, it's an invitation. Amen? Inviting people to respond. Jesus invited people to respond. So let's just follow Jesus. Amen? Point number two is this. Evangelism is inviting people into a relationship. What did Jesus do? Matthew, follow me. And then I can imagine along the way, their conversation grew. By the way, Matt, you have a place to recommend some food? And then Matthew go like, uh, yeah, I know a place to eat. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, are you sure you want to go? Because, you know, it's, it's a place where all the tax collectors and, and people that society don't like, we, we hang out. And Jesus entered into a relationship. Yeah, let's hang out. Let's eat. Eating in Middle Eastern culture, and to a certain extent, for a lot of us here, we understand that eating is so much more than just consumption of food. It is sharing, right? It is breaking bread. It's the conversations that happen. It is about being vulnerable. Everyone is most vulnerable when we are eating. If you ever want to take a bad picture of someone, take a picture while they are eating. You know, I know because I don't know why people always take pictures of me when I'm eating. I always look like a monster. We are the most vulnerable. We are the most, um, you know, our God is most down and we are most ourselves. And isn't it powerful that when Jesus was most himself, most vulnerable, most at ease, that people were most drawn to him. And so friends, for those of us who don't know Jesus yet, start with a response. And then, can I encourage you? Enter into a relationship. A relationship with God's people. Because Scripture says that the tax collectors and the so-called sinners ate with Jesus and His disciples. It's God and the people of God. And so friends, if you have a question, if you, if you, if, 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 God's been tugging in your heart. If you've been noticing that, that there's been a lot of coincidences in your life, you're not just lucky. I think it's God knocking at the door of your heart with His goodness. Yeah. 
And maybe you'll begin to see, hey, there is a lot of good coincidences in my life that maybe it's not just a coincidence. And then here comes the extra invitation by your friend to say, hey, would you like to come? Would you like to come to church? Would you like to come to homes? That's another invitation for people to respond. Would you like to come for prayer meeting? Would you like to come for hangout? Would you like to come for badminton? Or now you know why we do so many things in church. Would you like to come for volleyball? Would you like to come for, I don't know, would you like to join us to play a, a, a video game online? You know, would you like to just join us? And friends, when you go along, can I give you full permission to enter into relationship, to start a conversation? If there's anything you ever want to know about God, ask God's people. Ask them. Observe them. And let this be a double-edged sword for us Christians. Jesus interacted people by, by mingling with them. My question is this. When you're most yourself, do people see Jesus or do they see something else? Amen? You know, because I've, I've ate with some of you. Okay, I'll, I'll put it there. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll put a stop there. We're all a work in progress. But it's a good reminder. Or maybe it is another reminder. When was the last time you had a meaningful... What Jesus ate, but it wasn't just eating, all right? So don't, 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 don't start accusing me. If, if you start gaining weight, don't go like, Pastor, it's all your fault. You told me, you know, eat, eat, eat. No, no, no. It's about entering the relationship. And one of the most sincere ways to enter a relationship is, is to have a meal. Or maybe for some of us, it's to have a drink. You know, or maybe for some of us, it's to have a good, meaningful conversation. And so friends, here's the other side for us Christians to, to meditate on. When was the last time in the busyness of your life, you set aside time to have a meaningful interaction and a meaningful conversation? It doesn't have to be long. It needs to be meaningful. A meaningful meal. When was the last time you invited people to your place? When was the last time you were generous to others and fellowship over food or fellowship over an activity? Christians, let's not just be hanging around in our own little club, but let's be inclusive. Amen? Let's look out for people that, I don't know, look like they need a friend and be a friend. Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus entered in. And, it, 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 and the Bible says that and they, they were tax collectors and, and, and you know, they were considered sinners. In other words, their, their, their lifestyle didn't immediately change the moment they met Jesus. But I can guarantee you it eventually changed. Because this same Matthew that was invited to walk out from his tax office booth was also the one that eventually wrote the very gospel that we're reading from, Matthew. This is his witnessing. This is his account of how Jesus impacted him. And, and, and isn't it amazing that Matthew started as a tax collector, but he finished an apostle. He finished a disciple. Amen? And that's a beautiful thing for us, you know, friends, church is a place for you to explore. It's not a place for you to be brainwashed. It's not for a place for you to, you know, change immediately. How many know that change takes time? And they were, they were tax collectors and sinners, but the more they ate with Jesus, the more their lives changed. And then they begin to see Him, not just as a cool dinner buddy, but as the Lord and Savior of their lives. 
And on the other hand, for us, maybe for us Christians, sometimes we feel like, you know, we, we don't have it all together. We, we, we don't, we're not perfect. We don't have all the answers to all the questions or friends might ask. Friends, that's where I want to remind you again. It's a partnership with the Holy Spirit. It was Jesus and the disciples. Even scripture reminds us there was God's people and the presence of God right there. If the Holy Spirit, if, if your friend needed an answer, the Holy Spirit will give you an answer. Otherwise, be a friend. Be genuine. Be inclusive. Let them see, you know, not just your theological arguments, but let them see Christ at work in your life. That's more important. You know, many times in church, you know, we, 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 we think, at least me and Pastor Kate, we, we think of you all all the time. And, and sometimes we, we think about you and, and when we don't see you, we, 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 we get concerned. And I know it's, you know, and we know that you get, you get freaked out when you receive a phone call from us. So we try not to, like, you know, surprise you with phone calls, especially not on Sunday, uh, especially if you haven't been in church that day. So we don't want it to come across as a spot chat. Uh, or even sometimes Monday, we don't want, but, but please understand, once and for all, that our heart is not really about your Sunday attendance. Now, don't get me wrong. Please come. God loves a full house. And if you can't make it in person, we have online church for you as well. But, but how we know that it's not your Sunday attendance that changes lives. It's how you live and how you act from your Monday to your Saturday that impacts people the most. And when we are concerned about you, and it's not so much where were you on Sunday, but we're concerned and hoping that you're living a victorious, Christ-centered life Monday to Saturday. And we just want to be supportive. We just want to be encouraging. We just want to support you in prayer to help you live that, that wonderful best life for Jesus and for the benefit of your friends that will be mingling with you, eating with you, living with you. Amen? And so it's relationship. Amen? You know, so maybe some of us here uh, this week, God will, it, or maybe God already is right now poking at you to go like, you know what, this week you need to have dinner with, with with so and so. Well, I believe if, if, if that is the Holy Spirit, just go for it. Amen? Just invite and let the person respond. And when the person responds, enter into a meaningful relationship with them. Amen? I hope this is helping. I hope this is helping you be less fearful and begin to see this as, well, actually, it makes sense. I, I, I want to do this. Okay? Point number three, I, I don't want to preach too long. Point number three is this. It, it, evangelism, it, we're called by God's love, to love people, but it's also inviting people to repent. Repent. Amen? Now, are we perfect? No. Do we need to change? Yes. Do we need to change once? No. We need to change again and again and again. Repentance, friends, is a lifelong journey. Christians, talk back to me now. You know, and how many of you, how many of you have, have realized that the, the longer you walk with God, the more you walk with God, the more you have to repent from. Amen? And you thought that, oh, I already repented. I'm already following Jesus. Only to realize that, wow. You know, I, I always use this example. It, it, it's like, you know, um, examining your, 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 your jacket or your, a, a black color shirt or even a white color shirt, you know, uh, in your room. And in your room, in the dim, kind of like warm yellow lights, you'll be like, ah, oh, 
looks clean enough. How many of you have been there before? Should I wear this out? Yeah, it looks clean enough. Looks okay. <laughs> and then the moment you put it on and you look in the mirror, you still looks good. You take a picture. And then because you know of the different filters there, it makes you look good even. And then the moment you walk out, and the moment you, you are under the sun, suddenly you realize your white is not that white. Your black has, where does all this animal hair comes from, you know? Where's the dandruff coming from? Eek, I thought, oh, where's the coffee stain? Oh, the sweat stain. Come on, you've been there before? And, and that's just the sun, S-U-N. The longer you walk with the sun, S-O-N, the more you realize, wow, God, I'm still a sinner, I need to change. So repentance is a lifelong journey, but it starts somewhere. And the first repentance that all of us need to repent from is pride. It's pride. And, and Jesus tackled this, right? And so Jesus, you know, when the religious, the Pharisees were the religious folks who, who went and look, looked at Jesus and judged him. Oh, I thought you were a holy man. I thought you were a miracle worker. Why are you hanging out with these people? And that, that was straight away wrong because they thought that there was a difference between them and these people. Friends, no. Under the sun, S-O-N, under God's eyes, we're all equally broken, equally sinful. There's no such thing as big sin, small sin. All of it grieves God to one extent or the other. And, and, and what Jesus therefore answered them was a throwback. Jesus says that, go... <laughs> And, and, and figure out what this means. Jesus said, I got no time for you. I'll, I'll get back to that point. I got no time for you, but go and figure out what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. In verse 13, he says this. But it's actually a throwback to an Old Testament prophet's writing. In Hosea, Hosea chapter 6, verse 6, you have the full context of it. And Jesus was quoting this. He was reminding his so-called religious folks, you go back and you, you do your homework again and you remember again what God is truly about. And I hope that this will also remind us what God is truly about. It says this, For I desire mercy, Hosea speaking, say God is saying that He desires mercy, not sacrifice. An acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. Let, let, me, let me paraphrase it. In other words, God is saying that I, I want mercy, I want love, I want compassion, I want constant love more than your animal sacrifices. You see, back then, the way to, to worship in the temple is to offer up the right animal sacrifices of certain sins, certain animals, and, and you know how many animals, so on, so forth. And God is saying that, you know what? Yeah, animal sacrifices, that's important, but I, I rather mercy. It's great that if you can sacrifice the right animal sacrifices, good on you, but I'd rather you not miss the point of mercy. I'd rather you not miss the point of love. I'd rather you not miss the point of constantly showing compassion to love God and to love people. I'd rather have people know me than offer the right burnt offerings to me. That's the heart of God. That's the heart of God. And, and maybe this can be a reminder because some of us here, we feel like, like you know, ah, I, I'm a Christian. I don't feel like I'm changed enough yet. I, 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 I haven't quite figured out 
the animal sacrifices yet called theology. I haven't quite mastered the burnt offerings called discipleship yet. You know, I, I'm, God, I'm, I'm still all over the place. God, you know my weaknesses. You know my failings. Maybe I need to work on myself first. Friends, in Christianity, there's no such thing as work on yourself first and then work on others. No, no. It's work together. And Jesus here is saying that, hey, I ra- yeah, you might be imperfect, but as long as you're loving people, I could use that. As long as you're helping people know me, I can use your imperfections. I can use your mess and make it into a message. If a broken clock is right twice a day, I can use you. Amen? You know, and, and, and what, what this is also, this is also a, a reminder to those that are religious to not be so proud. Hey, you think that just because you offer the right animal sacrifices and you offer the right burnt offerings, just because you think you have the right theology, just because you think you have the right standing in front of God, doesn't mean that you can judge other people. And, and, and that's the thing, right? Because how do you respond to God? Like I said, there's a lot of things we need to repent from and it's a constant journey. God will work at us and work with us. But the first thing we got to repent from is pride. Because if you are so prideful to think, and, and, and the thing is this, you don't need to be religious to be prideful. You can be an atheist and still be proud. I don't think I need God. I have the answer for everything. I know the, I know the creation universe. I, 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 I. You, you notice how you're talking? There's a lot of you. There's a lot of pride. And sooner or later, that pride will destroy you. But what is Christianity? It's about people humbling ourselves and go like, you know what? Yeah, I, I'm, I might not be Hitler. I might not have committed genocide. But I'm no saint either. And in the eyes of God, I need to repent. In the eyes of God, I've hurt people. I hurt people. I've been a bad ex-boyfriend. I've been a bad ex-girlfriend. I've been a bad employee. I've been a bad employer. I've been a bad sibling. I've been a bad son. I've been a bad husband. I've been a bad wife. I've been a bad person. You know, when you begin to humble yourself, you begin to see that, you know what? I am not that put together. I need God. And you enter into a relationship with God. You enter into eternal relationship. Now, not just mingling with God, but now through repentance into salvation. But it starts with humility. And, and it doesn't matter if you're religious or irreligious, as long as you have pride in your life, you will think that you're bigger than God. And you'll be so judgmental to people around you. And so, here's the two, two side thing, okay? So, reminder. Let's humble ourselves. And friends, if you don't know Jesus, and you're wondering what all this God stuff is about, Christianity starts by approaching God with humility. Understanding that as a human being, we do not have all the answers. Science claims to have all the answers, but scientists can tell you all the answers are still pending. And it's still a discovery. And we're just humbling ourselves to say that, you know what? 
I, I don't have all the answers, but I know I, that I'm messed up. And I know that I've got issues. And I know that if this God can forgive me and cleanse me and make me whole again, I know that this is who I want for all eternity. And on the other hand, as Christians, let us never become self-righteous. May, may the, the longer you become a Christian lead you further into repentance and not further into self-righteousness. Amen? And with this last point, I will close. But this is also, in a way, God managing our emotions. Because let me put it out there. Opening up your life, <laughs> being genuine, being sincere to people with the hope that your love and your compassion and your kindness and your trust will give them a glimpse of, of Jesus. That, that's, that's hard work as well. It's painful. It's time-consuming and it is it's costly. And we get discouraged all the time when we open up our lives and we put our best effort forward and people <laughs> reject us, people ridicule us. And a lot of us here, when I talk about evangelism, you're not just talking, you love Jesus, but you're, you are also equally traumatized by the last bad conversation you had. By the last time somebody laughed in your face. By the last time somebody made you feel like you were a fool. Let's look at how Jesus responded. And this can sound cruel, but I guarantee you it's not. Jesus in saying, in the last verse 13, say, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus, in other words, is saying, hey, you religious folks who you think, or, or regardless, you prideful people, because at the end day, the Pharisees were prideful. You prideful people who think you know it all. I got no time for you. I'm not here to interact with you. You go and figure out what you need to work on. In the meantime, I'm going to work with, with people that are most open to me. Friends, work with people that are most open to you. Even in Jesus' teaching of the parable of the sower, the, the sower went out to sow, 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 sow. Right? Opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. Invitation, invitation, invitation. Building bridge after bridge after bridge. Of the four grounds, only one ground was good. What is Jesus trying to tell us there, even from the parables? Hey, three out of four people will reject you. 75% of people that you try to open up your heart to will say no to you. Because if they say no to Jesus, don't think they won't say no to you. But there will be the precious 25%. But you see, how will you discover the 25% if you don't go out and sow 100%? And so God is saying that, will there be prideful people in life? Yeah. It's okay if they reject you, if they ridicule you, if they try to whatever, just, just you know, say, speak to the hand, I got no time for you. Because that's what Jesus did. All right, Jesus being very sassy here. You go and find out what it means. I'm going to focus on them. I'm going to work with them. I'm going to love them. I'm going to call them. Call them. Not force them, but call them. Hey, 
Don't you think that's, don't you, don't you realize now you need God? Come on, friends. Come on, repent. Come on, change. Come on, humble yourself before God. Don't you know that we're all sinners before? And there will be people who respond. Amen? And so will there be people who reject you? Yes. But don't let rejection stop you. Keep sowing. Keep opening up your lives. Keep loving people. And yeah, there will be rejection. But you know what? Hey, work with the humble. Work with the desperate. Amen? Spend time with them. Invest in them. They will be good ground for you. I hope that this will inspire you. Hope that this will encourage you. Amen? The prideful people in our lives, it's okay. Surrender them to, to the passage of time. Those of us who are slightly older now, I mean, all of you are young, but you know, we've all grown wiser over the age. But you will notice that we've also grown a little bit humbler over the age, right? How many of you were there when you first graduated, you thought the world owed you a job? It wasn't until you went for your first interview and you got rejected that you realized, I know nothing. I do need a God. <laughs> you know? And, and then even when you finally got the job, your first day at work, you go like, the universities lied to me. You know, those of you who are still in university, keep studying. <laughs> but those of us who have been on the other side, you know what I'm saying, wink, wink. And the passage of time will humble people. And so, the, hum, the, the, the prideful people, the difficult people in our lives, do we therefore cut them off? No, Jesus didn't cut them off. But Jesus didn't focus on them. But then, there will be a time. Over time, there will be a time where it's the right time to focus on them because God, through time, has humbled them and now they begin to see their desperate need for a Savior. Amen? Until then, let's keep loving everyone. Let's keep being generous. Amen? Don't be traumatized by your last rejection. But remember, amen, that God never gave up on us, so let's not give up on our friends. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. And right now, we just want to pray that help us to fall in love with 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 the good news again. Lord, help us to live out the good news again. If there's anyone here who feels like they've forgotten the joy, the blessing, maybe they've been through, like what our Sister Corrine shared earlier on, a, a, a painful waiting season, a dry season. Lord, I pray that you will bring rest to their souls and you'll restore all that the enemy has stolen, all that the locusts have eaten. Lord, right now, I pray for your grace to fall upon this place so that we will remember again what a blessing, what a friend we have in Jesus. <laughs> and it's so much more than a song. And that we can depend on you, that we can count on you. And that you're there, that we have freedom in this life and for all eternity. I pray that we will fall in love with you again fall in love with telling people about you. God, I pray for us who haven't realized that it's as simple as just giving people an opportunity to respond. Then God, help us, Lord, to be more sensitive to you, Holy Spirit. Help us not to be afraid to say, hey, can I pray for you? Or to even say, you know what, I'll, I'll keep you in prayer for that problem, over that health problem. I'll keep praying for you. I'm going to 
pray that God will heal you. Let's keep offering that hand of friendship. Let's keep offering that hand of prayer. Let's keep offering that hand of love to the people around us. Let's keep inviting and building bridges for people to respond. God, help us, Lord, to grow more like you so that in the most intimate interactions like eating and fellowshipping with us, people will see you. Help us, Lord. We know that we are not perfect, but Lord, help us to become more like you. Help us to be more mindful uh, in our interactions, to be more mindful, to not be so self-centered, but to be more God-centered. And help us, Lord, to be more generous. Help us to be more intentional. Help us to be more loving. And God, help us, Lord, to repent if we've been too proud. And maybe, Lord, our pride manifests itself um, in fear. And when we hold back against reaching out to our friends because we go like, I don't want them to look at me funny. I don't want to be rejected. I am afraid. I don't have the answers. I am afraid they will laugh at me. I, I, and Lord, forgive us because pride can also stop us from reaching out. Help us to realize it's not about us. It's not about us. It's about you. It's not about our answers. It's about you. It's about partnering with you. And if our friends need an answer, you will give them an answer through us. If, if our friends need a miracle, you will grant them a miracle through our prayers. And God, we pray that Lord, while there are people that will reject us and spitefully hate us for even wanting to love, then God, help us to not focus on the rejection, not focus on the trauma, but to open our eyes to those that are most open, most vulnerable, uh, uh, most desperate for you and help us to work on them. Lord, help us to sow 100% so that we can discover the 25%. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.